Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Their Clothing and Camper Kings UK. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park Podcast. It's part two of our Derby preview. It's myself, Gary Judge, and Andrew Price, as you can see on the left-hand side of your screen, representing the Blues. And we've got Terry McGiven and Gary Murray representing the Red Half. Before we do press on, one of our um, viewers on YouTube um, commented today to say it's not the only place that you can hear banter and debate from both sides of the park. Um, I'm not aware of any other podcasts that are doing Red and Blue at the moment, but if they are, then apologies to you guys and good luck to you in the future. Um so, anyway, this week we've got, as I say, part two of our Derby preview. So, we'll have Joe Parkinson coming up on the blue side and we'll have Stephen Warnock coming up on the red side. Both players who boast unbeaten records in their respective Derby careers. Okay, before we press on, uh, a few a few mentions to our sponsors. So, as you heard in the introduction, we've got Camper Kings UK, who, who boast a, a massive selection of, camp, uh, of camper vans, as the name suggests. Again, great time of the year in this weather to be getting out exploring. Certainly wouldn't want to be sleeping in a tent in this weather. So much better way to spend your days if you're going on an adventure. Check them out. They've got some great offers on at the moment where you can get away in between those crap days in between Christmas and New Year where nothing's going on. Get out on a camper van instead. And we've got Ver Clothing who supply our clothing as well. Gary's, Gary's donning his Liverpool polo. That's not Ver Clothing, just so you know. Um, <laughs> They had some fantastic offers on over the weekends, Jordan Black Friday, and they've got a new range that's being launched in a couple of weeks' time. I actually think Stephen Warnock is one of their brand ambassadors, so it's seamless on this podcast. Okay, we have got a new partner that's just joined the team. Um, myself and Pricey caught up with them today for a bit of a bit of a chat. Really excited to be working with them. It's a new concept in, in social betting. Um, I'd say it's quite old school, isn't it, Pricey? Um, you know... Betting to a certain extent has always been part of that like Saturday football culture where you go and put your coupon on. You know, I remember, you know, my dad and my granddad put a pounds on and, and whatever. And that's I think that's the way the betting's intended for it to be fun. And that's what Betmates are trying to recreate with their platform. So the combining fantasy football um with that old school, as I say, a uh, little bet that you can put on the footy to keep it interesting. So I want to talk with you the platform in a, in a moment, but all of us on the podcast got a chance to try the app out for free, which you guys can all do. Pricey, Gary, do you want to share your experiences of the app over the weekend before I bring it in? Yeah, so for me, I, I think it seems more like it's a host rather than a betting company. So they're not like a William Hill or, or a Paddy Power or anything. They're actually a host for your own bet. So you log on, pick a couple of players yourself. I think it's six or seven players you pick rather than picking a full team. So you pick your players Every player accumulates points from tackles, goals, goals conceded, saves, all that type of thing. All play against each other in the league. And whoever's got the most points at the end wins the pot or wins the majority of the pot. Second place wins, uh, you know, and third place, so on and so forth. Um, I thought it was just dead easy to use. I know you're going to show it in a bit. It was just dead easy to use. And it was uh, it was enjoyable to keep an eye on it throughout the day and see how the team was getting on as well. Yeah, and as I found out, depends on how many it actually included. If even finishing twelfth in the league table, you can still earn some money. I got six quid back off from my free bet, so that sets me up for next week nicely. Yeah, that, that's it. And I'll, I'll bring it up now so I can I can show you. Um, so this is what it looks like when you open up the app. It's got all the games there on the right hand side. You can join. That's our game there. ATP ATP Pod. 
So I've picked my team based on Liverpool and Everton players. Obviously, I've gone for four Everton players. I've gone for three Liverpool. Like Pricey said before, it's about accumulation of points um, based on the performance. And I'll show you the rules here. So we've got, uh, as usual, you get points for goals, uh, just for uh, uh, appearance as well at the very top. Goalkeeper obviously gets loads of points if he scores. So Alisson was a smash that last season in that game against West Brom. Um, and then we've got the usual clean sheets. The tackling interception bit's really interesting because it, it does make you go for them more combative midfielders who normally don't get a look in. And then you lose points for missed penalties, etc. So as you can see in the middle there, I went for Allen and Fabinho for tackles. But yeah, jump on the app. If you download it, it's BetMates from the app and from the App Store. Like Pricey and Gary have just said, then you get a free hit on your first go. So there's a game every week, which is free for anyone who's not had a little go before. This week's game is Man United against Arsenal, which is on Thursday. So if you join this week, you'll get a little free hit at the Man United-Arsenal game. If you don't have a go at that one, the next set of fixtures, you'll still get a chance to have your free go. Um, once you've had your little free go, you can then dip into any games you want. Really fun, and again, um, should be a good way of keeping bet betting fun. And like Gary fans out this weekend, you might win a few quid as well. So yeah, have a, please have a go with the derby this Wednesday. Obviously, it makes it interesting. It'd be great to see all of our listeners and viewers in there, and we can have a little bit of banter on next week's show on, on how we all done. Okay, so pressing on with the show, the actual show. Um, like I say, we caught up with uh, Joe Parkinson and Stephen Warnick, and here's first of all. What Joe Parkinson had to say to myself earlier in the week. Hi everyone, delighted to be joined by Everton legend, FA Cup winner, centre midfielder, one of the dogs of war, Joe Parkinson. How are you doing, Joe? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thanks, Gary. How are you? Good man, yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm I've been better going into Derby week. Is never is never um, the most exciting week, but well, you know, it, it can be, but. On this occasion, I'm not so sure. But look, I'm going to start on a slightly more positive note. I'm going to look back at, well, allow you to look back on some of your memories as Arby's as a fan and obviously as a player as well. Well, as a player, I was lucky enough to uh, be one of them that I've never lost a derby. That, in, that included the mini derby as well. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I didn't play in many, but it's something that you know I'm still very proud of. You know, I've won at Anfield, won at Goodison. So for me, all my memories have been have been really positive. Unfortunately, they're not as as we'll speak a little bit later, maybe the fan side of it. But as as a player, you know, the, the week building up to to the derby day is just it's just something else. You know, you get to know uh, what the fans really feel about you know the, the game, and everyone's obviously wherever you go in the street, shopping, whatever. It's all you know. You've got to do it, and there's a lot of pressure gets put on you, which is which is good. Uh, and like I say, it was a positive for us. Um, you know, I think most people saving the Evertonians at the time when I played, we probably didn't have the better of the two sides on paper. But you know what we didn't have in in, in talent or you know that flair. We certainly made up in determination and, and wanting to win a game. And I think that's what got us through. So you know, the the, the win at um, Anfield was something else with Kinchelski scoring them two goals, you know, and I'll never forget when he scored one at the at the cop end and as I looked, um, you know, there were stewards and people jumping up in the in the cop end. I'm thinking, was one of them, yeah. what's Williams working here for, you know, and it was just weird, you know, but, uh, you know, it worked both ways. So, so me, personally, you know, the biggest one was the very first game of Joe Royal at Goodison under the lights. 
done. Yeah, I think we were bottom of the league. No one expected. London night football, wasn't it? Dead, like it was a wet, wet night, wasn't it? it right. was perfect. There's nothing yeah. better than playing under lights, wet. Um, you know, a game like that, and, and you know, we come out firing. And again, like I said, we probably weren't the best team, but we knew we the, the couple of weeks it had been international duty. We'd really worked hard on on trying to close them down. Brand new manager, and you know, we got us all working so hard and put them under pressure. And we managed to to get the goal. So again, I'd just be going back on. I've got great memories of them, you know, and. Like I say, again, I, I didn't play in many, but still, you know, I've won at Anfield, won at Goodison, which is more important. And then it sort of goes downhill from there because <laughs> apart from last it's, year... It's funny, Sorry? it's funny, two of the... I said it's funny, two of the, two of the ex-pros, obviously yourself and Stephen Warnock, neither of you played in, you know, tons of derbies, but... Again, you're both boasting, uh, boosting, if you like, uh, boasting, sorry, un- unbeaten records. So, um, oh, I didn't know you were saying that. Oh, yeah, I didn't realise that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll stay away from that now. But uh, just mm. you touched on it briefly before, but we've asked the same question to, to, Kev- to Kevin Campbell, to Jamie Carragher and to Stephen Warnock. And, and you mentioned how, obviously, in the run-up to the derby or the week leading up to it, to, to, is the atmosphere different at the training grounds? Is is it, or is it, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure what it's like the, the new training grounds, but you know, Belfield was, you know, it's quite compact, and there just seemed to be more press. You just seemed to be doing more interviews, um, and going back again wherever you went, just everyone wanted to know teams, and you know, any fans were just putting you under a little bit of pressure. And it, it is a different week, and so it should be, because you know it means so much to both sides. Uh, players as well as staff and and the fans more importantly, so it is it's such a different week. So it's a week that I, I don't think I ever enjoyed. And looking back, I wish I could have done, but I was that type of person where I was too nervous, and never wanted to make a mistake, and first of all, wanting to be in the side. So it was probably a week I never really enjoyed, um, and even the games where we won, I didn't enjoy them until I knew that whistle had gone. Uh, they're so hectic and fierce and fanatic. I didn't really enjoy the games because uh, I always thought, even when we were, you know, winning two 0 I thought they, there's always that chance of them getting back. So I never relaxed or enjoyed it until that final whistle went. And um, and rightly so, we we would enjoy it because they were hard to come by. And you know, since then we haven't won enough. So when we do win them, we, we've got to make sure we enjoy it, get that feeling again, and hopefully we can just. Um, after last season just build on that but unfortunately going into the game we're not in the best run of form and, and unfortunately Liverpool are uh, you know I don't like saying it they're sort of flying aren't they so it's going to be an immense task for us you know to get a result from that and that's just being realistic well, we'll come on to that in a moment but before we do you, um, you, know, you were obviously one of the guys who, who was living living near the near the grounds or in and around Liverpool and, and you know although not you know, you're still a local enough lad to really feel what that meant to the fans. How important do you think that is for for the teams, even even to this day, to have local lads in the team? Well, it's huge. Um, you know, even it, English, I guess. Sorry. Even in, even English, I guess. You know, it's it's not just local lads, is it? You know. Yeah, no, I think you know. Most footballers, wherever they're from, there's a derby somewhere, isn't there? Uh, within that city, wherever they come from, so. You know, they, they should know what it means. Um, I mean, the only derby I've played is um, 
the Merseyside one. Played Wigan v Bolton, but it's not quite got that ring to it. But you know, Teddy. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting question, isn't it? That one, you know, where 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 Joe's obviously talking a bit more interesting is Judgy's face on that pause screen. I'm gonna go through that. I'm gonna have to. Obviously, yeah. where where Joe's talking, you asked the question: How important is it? You know, in terms of having local lads, you know, in in, in the derby, um, and and I, I think it, it, you know, from from my perspective. I, I think it's super important that you know that there is like local blood involved in these games. You know what it means and know what it's about. Um, I don't know what what what, what you think. Are you use worried that maybe there isn't necessarily scouts in the side for for, for Everton? Because no. obviously we. Didn't. I I slightly disagree. I think it is it, always nice to have a, a, a local player playing, but when you think of our players, like you know Parkinson's from Wigan, he's not he's not completely local. You've got Barry Orney, who ain't local. Duncan Ferguson is not local. You've got Phil Neville weren't local, Tim Cale weren't local, Lee Carsley weren't local. They're all the people I would say were always the fighters. So I'd much rather have a committed player who was who was who was who was confident and, and willing to, to go that extra mile for Everton rather than a scouser just for scouser's sake. I mean, would you rather have Corey or Tom Davis in the team? I don't think it's really that much important if they're a scouser or not personally. I think it's always nice to have one in there if you can, but it's about the quality and it's about the desire more than anything else for me. I think yeah. for us though, it's probably we've probably got this uh, idea more because the, our local lads and our scouts lads who have played have all been class. They've all maybe not every one of them, but you know the majority of them. You think back to Carragher, you've got Gerard, got Trent now, you had Fowler, McManaman. They were all really good players, really important players who you know who we relied on in these games. So I think maybe from our point of view, looking at it, looking at it like that, that's probably where it comes from for us. Whereas for you, your your bigger players in, in these games. Of, as, as you've labelled there, and so much from the city. Yeah, yeah. I would say Redknapp is definitely more of a local to your fans than, than the others. Like, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I agree with Pricey to be honest, and, and you're right as well, Gary. I don't think we've re- we have ever really had that poster boy, have we? The person you go like, he, he's the man, and whatever. Rooney was probably going to be that for us, wasn't he? And he, he didn't play in enough derbies and and whatever. So yeah, it, it's a fair point, but I completely agree with Pricey. And you look around and. I look at our team sheet and probably Seamus Coleman, ironically, is the closest we've got to that kind of player who gets the fans. Um, and he'd probably be the player you'd expect to rattle into a challenge first out of all those players. Alan would be up there as well. Um, so, yeah, Yeri Mina would be one. He couldn't, couldn't live any further away from Liverpool, but he'd definitely be someone who I'd expect would get it in terms of that rivalry. But... No, I think it's a really interesting point, and and um, yeah, I, I, again, something was probably worth picking up from. Just from just looking back at something else, Joe Joe Parkinson's mentioned there. He's he's sort of I don't know whether it's on on purpose or not, but he's sort of emphasising how much when he played, they were sort of the the maybe not as good as Liverpool and going into the games, they were they were never expected to do much. But he's he's sort of emphasised that a little bit there, and I think going into this game, it's very much of a sim, similar elk, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think the only um, difference there is back, back then we, we had the players who could be, he said, hectic and frantic. We had the players who could make Liverpool yeah. a bit fr- frantic and hectic and a bit sc- not scared, but not being able to relax on the ball because you're always a passing team. We had players you can get in your face then. I'm not sure we've got them players now. I don't well, think that, that, that's what on me, Wednesday. That's what my next question was going to be. Do you think you could still do that now with how you've been performing lately? Because obviously the, a lot of chat around the club at the minute is that there is absolutely no fight at all. Yeah, well, that's, you know what? I I done a I done a show last week with with We Love Sport alongside Gareth from the from the Anfield Rap, and 
that was the main thing I said. I said, like, looking back at your team in the in the 90s and the late 90s with the Spice Boys and all that, they were a team that I felt we could get at. And obviously, Joe Parkinson speaking about that here. You look at your team now, and they haven't got that soft side to them as much anymore, certainly nowhere near. If anything, they're probably one of the tougher sides in the Premier League when it comes to, you know, that being up for a battle. So, I think there's definitely less of less of that edge that we can maybe have on them. Anyway, back to Joe anyway, and we'll, we'll pick up some more in a moment. And, and what it means is something else. And until you come and maybe lived here before, you know, the games, as in the players coming in a few months before, you, you sort of get that sense of what football means to Liverpoolians, Evertonians. It means so much to them. It's a footy mad city. All other cities will say that, but it's something else when you come to this city. And, um, you know, you as a player, you get to know what it means and to the fans and hopefully you can put it in the performances and that's why it's so important to try and get a result out of them. Well, moving on to this game and, and you've just touched on, obviously, the, you know, I wouldn't say the rich vein of form. Liverpool have been that way for quite some time now and uh, I guess, again, without dwelling on them too much, they're, they're almost something like a, a machine who just keep chaining it out and, you know, going into going into this game, I think we know how you know Liverpool are going to approach it. How, how do you think you know Rafael Benitez and the Everton side approaches this game? I'm not too sure because you could say should we sit back and and try and defend against them, but you think they've got too good of players. They move the ball too quickly at times. Then we go at them, but we'll leave ourselves open. I'm I'm not too sure. I'm really, really not. Um, it's going to be a hard one because, again, probably on paper, especially with a couple of injuries that we have, you know, they're a stronger side. Um, we've just got to show, and the fans, which I know they will get right behind them, and we've got to keep them fans involved in the game. Uh, and that means, you know, getting out there a fast start, whatever way that might be, whether it's on the front foot. Uh, a few tackles in there, get the fans. But we can't be going down early on with goals because, you know, like I've just said, we need the fans on their side and they're that extra man for us, which is like we've said about form, you know, we're not doing well at the moment and they're flying. So we do need every every little edge and, and the fans can be that edge to, you know, see if we can get a result out of the game. Pricey, just, just on that one, obviously Joe, Joe's emphasised there the importance of the fans and, and the role they'll play on Wednesday. What, what's your feeling on that? I think it's massive. I think our fans this this week are going to be absolutely massive. We we know we're not good. We're not good. We're not as good as Liverpool. We can't just said there. We can't particularly say that we're going to get in the face and be that type of team. But if if, if someone throws in a tackle early, you know I'm thinking Godfrey or the Corey Allen throws in a, a decent tackle and the crowd get up for it. I mean the crowd should be up for it anyway. But you know what Goodison's like? If if you get a tackle early on, that does get everyone up for it. And everyone's even more so than they would have been anyway. I think a bad start. And what I mean by that is a goal conceded in the first ten minutes, and it could it could fall flat. Um, so I think I think it's massive. I think we are we are a twelfth man. I think we need more needed more than ever. You know, we won won last season. I feel without the fans and, and managed to get a draw at home. But I think I think we were better. We were better last season in terms of we had you know, not the injuries that we had. We were going into the games in better form. I think the form book at the moment. I haven't won in six, and I think we, we're going to need us and. As I say, it's for them first 10, 15 minutes, I think it'll, it'll be it'll be the, the, the telling side of, of whether we're up for it or not. I mean, we look we up for it anyway, but I mean, in terms of whether we keep getting behind them or whether good or some falls flat or not. Um, what, what do you reckon? Do you reckon, do you reckon it'll be do you reckon it'll be a case of, of the fans? I, I can't see the fans 
turning and being angry during the game, but I can see it going a little bit quiet and was being a little bit of shock. It all depends, doesn't it? Obviously, you know, like like in any game, and this got, this is the case in any stadium. An early goal from from Liverpool in this case would, would really turn the mood, wouldn't it? And and because you know, you speak to any Evertonian, they're going to be honest with it. We we take a draw right now and walk away from this and and try and move on because it you know it one our form's been poor anyway, and two it, it you know we know it could be a lot worse than a draw for us. Um, so I think an early early goal. In, in Liverpool's favour would, would would really make make it a difficult night for us. Um, I think if we, we're in the game for the first 15, 20 minutes and the players show the, the level of aggression that you would want from them and expect from them, then I think it could be a difficult night for Liverpool because I, I think the players could respond really well to that because they probably haven't felt that. Some of them players in that team, including Zakori and Allen, haven't really been at a Goodison that's really rocking and, and where the fans are behind them. And they you know they've seen the scenes at... At Brentford the other night, the other day, where the fans are turning and are really, you know, negative towards the performance and, and, and the output. So I, they're almost coming into the game thinking, oh, what, what do we expect here? So I, I just want to stop on that point because I think it's a massive one for, for Everton in particular in terms of the atmosphere at the ground. Well, you, you just mentioned it then, that the injuries are obviously massive. Out of the players who are not available at the moment, so we're talking Yeri Mina, Takore, Calvert-Lewin. If you had to choose, OK, I'm going to go two out of the three, it would be your two that you'd want on that team sheet. Calvert-Lewin and Takore, uh, absolutely. Um, Calvert-Lewin and obviously that, hopefully, put a bit of worry in. Uh, Liverpool's defence, Takore, his energy, scoring goals, uh, the, the amount of ground he covers and... and Compliments. Alan seems to do better, um, so I think them two would be our main ones, and they're just such a massive miss. We haven't got yeah. um, a massive depth in, and quality within the squad, so them two are, are massive misses for us. You know, we, we have to play over people out of position, and it doesn't really help us. So, you know, them two are, are so important for our for our team, and unfortunately, they're not going to be there, which is going to be, you know, a huge loss. Definitely. Would you like to see Anthony Gordon in the team? Yeah, I think he's done well. And you touched on it before, you know, a lad who, who knows what it'll all be about. Yeah, you, you know what you're going to get from him, uh, the passion. Uh, and he's got the quality as well. So, yeah, I would like to see him. And I think he's done he's done quite well when he's been in the team. So, you know, he, he would deserve. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see the last game I was away, so I missed it. Um, so, again, Another Another one of our former players, Lee Carsley, has done us a massive favour as well. He's obviously brought him into the 21s and he's got a, he's got a couple of goals there. And I felt, you know, from watching him, that was something that, you know, he's banged them in in the 23s and he's obviously done it at younger age groups and done it for England at younger age groups. But I think, you know, it was big for him, I think, to, to be getting some goals in the 21s. Obviously, it's not in the Premier League, but it looked for me, that was something he was maybe missing in his performance, that bit of confidence getting on, you know, getting on the score sheet. So hopefully... Yeah. Yeah, he'll get that confidence from from playing games as well, won't he? Getting a run in the team and not being that first one to be able to be pulled off for someone else, you know. If, if he can stay on a bit longer, then that confidence will grow. But yeah, definitely needs to add goals to him. Uh, his goals to his games, you know, because he is a threat. Um, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to, to have him in the team. But uh, <laughs> let's keep going back to, uh, you know, we're not in the best of form, but we just need people who are going to be committed 
for the cause, really. And, and whoever gets put up there, it's going to be interesting because obviously of their manager. Um, you know what sort of reception he gets. Just before he moves on to, to Benitez, Terry, Gary, I wanted you to bring in bring you in on, on on the previous question I'd asked them there. I've just put I've just stopped it on a great moment on my face again, by the way. <laughs> for the benefit of our listeners, obviously we're, we're watching the the interview for the ones who are listening on the podcast app and, and not seeing the visuals. I'm stopping my interview with Joe Parkinson, and every time I stop it, there's just a, a really good picture of me that, that's uh, frozen on the screen. So Gary Terry, just to just to um, ask you the question I asked Joe Parkinson, his answer before. It was that he felt that the most important players for us to be fit were Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Decore. They were the ones that they he felt could hear used the most. Do you agree with that? Or yeah, I think so. Well, to them three that you named, like you know, Mina, Decore, and, and Calvert-Lewin. I mean, I think a big issue for you is goals. You know, as much as I know you, you like Mina at the back and stuff, I. I you know, I, I I'll be honest. I I maybe don't see it, but I I just don't think he's. At, you know, at some dramatically better improvement over over some of your other players. I think he's got mistakes in him and stuff. And in a derby, he might actually be the type of player to get booked and possibly even sent off because he seems to have that sort of rashness in him. But obviously, Calvert-Lewin is your goal scorer, you know, and, and, and he is a live threat. And we've been vulnerable to set pieces. So obviously, he would be, you know, the player that you'd be thinking like, you know, in and around the box on set pieces, crosses, corners and things. He's obviously, a, you know, a live prospect, isn't he? Getting a goal and... I think I've said it previously in terms of your signings. I think, you know, I've always liked Decore and when you signed him, and I thought it was a good signing. And I think he's been your best player, you know, since since that window. Um, he's a he is a box of energy and he gets up and down the pitch really well. So they'd be the two that I would say, you know, that you'd want back now. Decore obviously is back. It didn't look like he was going to be, but but you know, he obviously played there, didn't he, at the weekend? Um, I'm not sure where to, where Calvert Lewin's up to. Uh, does it, 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 it is there any chance that he's back for the game, or is that one that's not likely to happen? I don't know. To be honest, it's almost like the uh, it's a bit like that Wayne Rooney saga, you know, when he where he was going to be fifth for the Euros, where the club aren't really denying it or confirming it. Calvert Lewin said in a in a, a he appeared at an evening a couple of weeks ago where he said he's aiming to be fifth for the derby. Um, but no words on it. So maybe he's the ace in the pack. Before we move on, Pricey, and get back to Joe. Um, just to, just a mention, or I suppose towards towards Anthony Gordon. What's your opinion on assuming everyone is fit who we're expecting to be fit? Would you start him against Liverpool? Yeah, I would. I don't think I think he's he's got energy and he's got commitment that you know you know Wobies hasn't got. I mean, or again, only because of who's going to be fit. You know, if 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 you Calvert Lewin's fit, then I wouldn't. I play Townsend and Grant and Gray wide um, in the wide positions. But I'm assuming Calvert Lewin's not going to be fit, and therefore I would. I will play Gordon there um, and Townsend a bit more centrally. Um, again, uh, he's done all right. You know what I mean? He's done, he needs to probably work on a few things that you'd expect any youngster to work on. But in terms of playing, I'd, I'd, I'd put him in 100% on, 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 you know, even on Sunday's performance in comparison to someone like Awobi. Oh, yeah. All day over Awobi. OK, right. Back to Joe anyway. And then if the game's not going so well, you know, his reactions to that, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. But hopefully... You know, he's going to be a bit of a legend if he turns his first derby into a win, won't he? Well, well that's it, isn't it? It's it's such a massive game for Benitez as much as anyone else. I think, you know, regardless of anyone's feelings about him at the moment, you know, my my message would be to all the fans is we've just got to get behind him because he's our manager. Um, and Absolutely. a win would be massive, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, people were asking me before he came, you know, it's Rafa this, that's who's going to come in. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, 
do you know what? We've had managers who were supposed to be high profile or this, that and the other. They've not worked. I just want someone to come in, stabilise the team again and get us going. If that means it's Rafa Benitez, then so be it. And what we've got to do is get right behind him because having a go at him early on, I think we've got to understand the squad he's inherited. He's yeah. still not his team. So we've got to think about that and just put away that he used to obviously manage the Reds you know, and back him because you know everyone I've spoke to who've been connected with him, you know, sing the highest praises about him and we all know he's going to be ultra-professional and more than anyone, he'll want to win that game. Absolutely. So on that note then, Joe, can we uh, can we get a prediction from you? Two for one or just one for the for fans? <laughs> let's, let's, let's assume we've got all our players available and, and we get all of those ingredients that you're after. Yeah, well, I think, hand on heart, I, I think uh, a good result for us will be a draw and that's that is what I'm I'm hoping for. Uh, a win it'll be an amazing result. It'll be a result of the season, to be fair. Um and it's not it's not an easy thing to say for an Evertonian and a former player. I think yeah. we'll do unbelievable to get a victory. So I think if we can get um you know a result out of the game you know, a draw, a score draw, um, you know, I would be more than happy as as it stands now. Yeah, fair enough. And where will you be watching the game, Joe? At home, behind well, the coach? <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. Uh, we've obviously come in back down here from Hartlepool now. I've been asked to work back in the lounges. Fantastic. So I'll, I'll be working before the game, chatting to the punters, and then I'll be watching it behind one of the chairs in, in one of the lounges, <laughs> I think. Hiding. Super, <laughs> Joe. Well, um, listen, I hope, I, hope it's a, I hope it's a good one for us and really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts. No, it's a pleasure. Anytime, Gary, you know that. Thank you very much, Joe. Okay, so so once again, th- massive thanks to Joe Parkinson. Always a pleasure to have on. Dead honest, proper Evertonian, and great to hear that he's back in the club doing his bit as well. Um, we are going to move on to Stephen Warnock in, in a moment. Um, Stephen, Stephen obviously covers the a little bit about uh, Rafael Benitez, as you'd expect as well. So we'll, we'll maybe touch on some of the Benitez questions on that as well. Anything for you guys to add? Just, just thinking back to it, you know, you you asked Joe there about Calvert Lewin, Mina, or Decore, which two of the three? If you'd have asked Millsy that question based on his podcast he done yesterday with with uh, Phil, he was saying if you need goals, you need Mina back in the team. So it absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting. No, it's 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 an interesting one. I mean, th- there's two ways to look at it. One for me on the Mina side, and that's why I kind of put the question is way is way is we've been so poor from defending set pieces. And I know you guys, you guys haven't been amazing either in that front, but you're on a much bigger side than us, which is unusual. We haven't had that for a while where you're a bigger side than us, but you are. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm more imposing on that side. You know, even if it's not height, you're just more physical. And I think he does, even though Decore and, and Calvert-Lewin are obviously outstanding athletes as well, Mina, closely follow with Calvert-Lewin, is the best in the air out of our players, because it's pure height. Um doesn't get as many goals as he should, but I, I can kind of see where Millsy's probably coming from. Um, anyway, we'll bring in Stephen Warnock, and, and, and as we've done before, we, we'll um, we'll add our own little little bits of uh, opinions to, to his. Hello, everyone. Delighted to have Stephen Warnock previewing the derby with us. Stephen, how are you doing? Very good, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you very much. Um, Listen, we'll get right into it, Stephen. Obviously, we're going into to Derby Week now on Merseyside. I'm just going to speak to you a little bit first and foremost as a as a fan. Um, growing up, 
what did the derby mean to you? Um, well, I'm, I'm from a split family. Um, mum and myself and my mum are reds, and my dad and my brother are blue. So it was always an interesting one on, on Derby Day. I think um, it's the pride, isn't it, of the, the city, the, the being able to go into work and brag, um, wind your mates up, uh, get on the backs a little bit. But that was that was the part, part of sort of uh, growing up as a youngster. That was everything that you, you went into school was all about um, and it was enjoyable. Yeah, same here. And obviously that's why, that's why we're doing this piece as well. Um Obviously, shifting into your, into your playing career slightly, you, you know, you've been around the, the training grounds and the, and the build-up to derbies and, and been around, I guess, after it as well. Did the mood around the changing gra- training ground change in, in derby week? Did you ever see that or feel that? Um, always depends where um, where they are in the league. I think that's a, a big thing, the run of form that they might be on. Um I think more often than not, you, you look at it as another game and, and that's the way you, you have to judge it. But being a local lad growing up uh, in and around the area, knowing what it meant, the messages that come in, the phone calls that you have walking around the city, um, the, the sort of the messages from fans as they're walking past, um, both both sides of the city as well. Um, it was always interesting. I tended to try and keep, keep a low profile going into it. Um, I, I keep a low profile anyway, but I always thought, the, the less you hear, the better, because you get yourself wound up. Um, but you, you always look at the local lads and and they have to try and tell the, the foreign players or the, the players not from sort of the, the area yeah. what it means to play in a derby. And I think it's not until you sampled it for the first time you actually understand it um, of how, how fierce it is, how tough it is, how sometimes... Not so much lately, anyway. But how much the game can sort of be, be not as entertaining, not as technical and tactical, but there's more bite in a game like that, and you've got to be up for the challenge as well. So um, it depends who's in charge as well. It depends what what, what the man who the manager is as well, and and, and how they approach the game. I I only played in games under Rafa Benitez in in derby games, uh, Liverpool Everton, and his was always to keep eleven players on the pitch. That was the one thing he'd always say, don't let your emotion get the better of you. Um, but he always knew it was important to have local lads in the team um, because what it meant to them and what it meant to have local players on the pitch for the crowd as well. I thought that was an interesting um, comment, to be honest. Um, obviously, we spoke a little bit about the local lad thing, but uh, Reds, I guess, first. What do you make of the comment that Vinny says his first priority in every derby was to keep all 11 players on the pitch. I think a lot of the time for us, it, it because we were majority, majority the better team, it, it wasn't so much a challenge to keep keep it on. It's just it's just not losing your heads. And I think it was probably aimed at the the more local lads that because I don't think you'd ever really see like you know, under beneath us, especially like the, the Spanish lads, Alonso, Garcia, Torres, you wouldn't really see them. Throwing ridiculous challenges in and getting getting wound up and you know in, into sort of on the pitch fights sandbags and stuff. It would more be you see obviously we've had plenty of times Gerard throwing challenges in and Carragher famously in in, in one of them throwing peanut in the air after thirty seconds. You know th- th- there has been plenty of our local lads, so I think them comments were probably more aimed at them. I think looking at your team now, which obviously Benitez is now manager news, he's he's not really got that 
to to worry about. If 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 I'm right in saying that, it's more the local lads because. As user pointed out, your, your bigger your bigger players are, are not so much scousers. They're all they're just from everywhere. So, yeah, I don't know whether it'll be a similar message or or whether it it might even be more poignant now. In fact, because of the what the position you're in, it, it is a bit of a strange one. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. I think back in those well, back in those when Benitez was Liverpool manager, we could wind the players up a little bit more. I think I think we did try and get onto the game. That was our tactic. Well, that was one of our tactics, I would say, going into the game was to try and get them involved in those, you know, battles and, and, and try and turn their heads and, and make them do something reckless. So it was probably a reaction to what the way Everton were going to go into the game as well as, as, as from their own point of view. Um whether he'll say the same to Everton, probably yeah, we've still we've got players who same before, whether there is committed or not, I don't know. We've definitely got players who might be susceptible to getting involved. You know, I'm thinking Michael Keane and Godfrey, Holgate, if he plays, they're the type of players who might get involved in that type of thing and sort of lose their heads a bit. So I think it's fair enough. You don't you don't want to you want to have that passion and that commitment without going over the line. And I think it's fair enough. But don't you think yeah. when you say get when you say get involved in that type of thing, like without without this becoming like a, an Everton bashing, do you not think it is, it's going to come from your players to get that started rather than getting involved in it? Because yeah, I think diff- if, it, if it was up to Liverpool, if it was up to the Liverpool players, we'd just have an absolute eleven v eleven game of forty, not have to get involved in any of that. And you know, all jokes aside, we probably wipe the floor with you if it was like that. Making a decent tackle is different than than going over the line and getting caught up off the ball, you know, and, and, and verbally. And then when you're getting done verbally, then you're more chance of putting a high one over the ball. Having a good tackle and a, and a clean a clean fight is different than than taking it too far. And as I said before, we've got players who we might lose, you know, potential to lose their heads a bit. You know, the players are mentioned. Nothing wrong with a good tackle. I'd, I'd be, you know, be telling Alan and Coleman and Decore and whoever else to get stuck in because they're the players that can. But, but you know you've got you've got to be careful. You don't want to you don't you don't want to have a centre back sent off in the first half an hour. But that's it, isn't it? I think that and that's where obviously when he says it's probably two different kettles of fish. When he was a Liverpool manager, you know we probably had the better side, and it's almost like if we lose a man, though, it's a leveler, a big leveler. You know, you all of a sudden like you 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 know you, you're a man down, and you're playing playing with ten and all. You can't play your game then. Um, I think now with Everton, if you lose a man and you already feel that you know you're up against the it could be curtains, you know, and it could be turned into like a, you know, a, a real downward spiral. So, I think, in, I think as a manager, you don't want to curtail the passion, but at the same time, you know, every every planning thing that you've you've made goes out the window if you lose a man, you know, in in the game. So, um, for different reasons, I can see why Benitez used to say that message at Liverpool, and and, and will probably still push the message of keep it eleven on the pitch for use. Yeah, I'm hoping it's a little bit horses for causes as well, like you suggested your, your, for your team losing a man and stuff. It's like it's given an unnecessary advantage to, to the other team when when really there was no need to do that. But anyway, as I say, I'm hoping it's horses for causes, and, and he knows that this particular team doesn't need to be told to to, to calm down or chill out because that's all they do. It's the other, it's the other way around. But anyway, back back to uh, Stephen Warner. Well, you just answered my next question. I was going to say, do you think it's important to have local lads in the team? You know, it, it's not as... I mean, I think back to the Derby, certainly in the, in the 90s and early 2000s, it was sometimes how Everton could kind of get the upper hand. And then, you know, Liverpool obviously always had Stevie and, and, and Jamie in there who made a big difference. But for you, just briefly reflecting on that, do you think it's really important now? Or do you think that's, that kind of dynamic changed a little bit? I think it has changed a little bit. But you, you look at sort of Everton and Liverpool and they're never prouder 
than when a, a local lad steps on the pitch and, and represents what they do and, and what they, they their philosophy is of a, of a Liverpool player. And, and I think that's hugely important, um, both sides of the city. And, and the more that we see local lads playing in the first team, I think that's that's just so good for, for the city and, and what it is. Um, I do think other players get it, though. They, they understand what it means and, and they have to. Uh, the quicker they buy into that, the better. But yeah, it, it has it has shifted a little bit. But you you see the passion from from uh, from the foreign players now because they they know what it means to fans. They're not daft. Fans are no different to any other fans. They're all passionate about the team uh, and they know what it means to win a derby. So players playing derbies, whatever club they're at, because uh, there, there's always a derby. But it's it's understanding the magnitude of of a Merseyside derby and how important it is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you've just touched on it um, briefly then. I think I think the Reds will probably um, know how Liverpool approach this game in, in their usual fashion. Um, albeit as a blue, I look back at the derbies where Liverpool have come to goodness, and I, I don't think they've always been at it. Um, there's always been something slightly, I wouldn't say intimidating, because I don't think Klopp and his teams ever really. Um... I'm glad you said Jurgen Klopp. I don't think I lost at Everton. No, no, I'm not. You <laughs> <laughs> got that one, in, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I mean, I mean the, the the question is then, you know, do you think? How do you think, I suppose, Rafael Benitez is going to approach this game? You just alluded to it before. I don't think personally Jürgen Klopp's going to change anything, but what about what about Benitez to you? What can we expect from his team? Um, pretty much similar than what you've seen over the last few weeks against the likes of Man City. That. <laughs> um, no, it is, but, but, but that's Rafa. Rafa's defensive-minded. His his philosophy is, is to, to not concede goals and is to try and pinch a goal somewhere whether that's a counter attack a set piece whatever it might be but he'll come and make it he'll make it difficult um he'll sit his team behind the ball try and be organized try and frustrate liverpool but why wouldn't you if you yeah. come out and try and play against liverpool and leave yourself open the players are that good they'll find the gaps and they'll they'll, they'll take the opportunities if you sit in you sit deep and you frustrate them and every player is concentrated and they don't make mistakes in what they're trying to achieve then, then they'll do well, um, and they can frustrate Liverpool. But is I, I think Evertonians would would also say, let's go after them. Let's go. Let's try and go toe to toe. We want to see our team actually have a go and try and win the game rather than sit back. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Rafa will sit back and he'll do probably what he tried to do against Manchester United at Old Trafford, which was just counter attack and hope that he's got willing runners. Um, who are going to be in behind and can cause Liverpool problems? Two questions, Pricey. One, which camp are you in? Is in sitting back or going after them? And two, um, you know, which do you think is the best approach? Probably the same question, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go toe to toe with them. I think I'm happy to sit back. The, the the important thing for me is the quality then on the ball when we do when we do have possession. Because against Man City, we were terrible just passing it back to them. Against Man United, which is just mentioned, we were a lot better when we had the ball in possession. So I'm fine sitting back and keeping it tight and making sure we don't give anything away. But then our outlets have got to perform for us if Gray's playing or, as we said before, if Gordon's wide. We've got to be able to give them the ball and they've got to do something with it. They've got to keep hold of it. You've got to have Richardson if he's off front. He's got to keep hold of it. It didn't stick against Man City. It was coming straight back at us. As long as he can get hold of it, bring players in, and we're good on the ball and we were confident in possession, then I see nothing wrong with, with sitting back. Going toe-to-toe would be a nightmare. Going toe-to-toe, I could see us getting beat 4-0, seriously. 
um, because it's just we're just not good enough to do that. I mean, we, we I think Benitez Becker, Owen Becker, and I were not good enough to do that. I don't think there's any danger of us trying to trying to go toe to toe with them. But for me, it's it's keep tight, but we're in possession. We need to uh, be confident on the ball. Briefly, Red, briefly, Red, do you, do you agree with that? Do you agree with Pricey's notion on that? Yeah, I I just think if you I think I said it before. If you if you do try and come out and and play against us. And you do inevitably leave them gaps. I think it could be an absolute tor- tormentous uh, night for you. I think we'd absolutely destroy you. I think you've got to, to to have any hope of getting anything out of this game. You've got to sit in and try and frustrate us. Keep it nil nil for as long as possible. You know, I think I think Millsy said if if it's nil nil after half an hour, that's a victory for you for in that first half an hour. And I, I think that that's just how you've got to you've got to approach the game. I think it's certainly if you've got to half time at nil nil, and you could come out second half with a bit more of a a little bit more of a game plan to sort of come out a bit more, but but still being compact. It, it's a dream for you, and that that is when we do get frustrated. That that's the type of game where you know we we do look like we're starting to run out of ideas a little bit. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it it, it is a really frustrating night. But even still, I, I just think we're in that good of form at the minute, and. You know what? I'm not. I don't really like derbies. Usually, I'm really nervous in them, and I've always thought, you know, Everton are due one. You've you've just won one last year, so maybe that that that's your lot for a while again. But um, I am always thinking you're due one this time round. I'm going into it like we've got absolutely nothing to fear here. You haven't beaten the Goodison for a while, though. But I mean, in terms of what about if it is nil nil after 70 minutes, Liverpool are going to start getting frustrated. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, we, I think we'll be. That, that's what I'm saying. I think that's your only hope of getting anything. If you if you sit in, if, sorry, if you come out and try and have a go, I, I think there's nothing down for you. Yeah, can I? I mean, you know, you, what I find interesting is like you're talking, you know, about how poor you. I know you're in a really bad run of form at the moment, but speaking as if like you know your players have got almost no chance of competing, but. You look at the game that you've won last season at Anfield. You look at the players who played in that game for you. The entire backline that played in that game, Pickford, Holgate, Keane, Godfrey, Digne, Coleman, are all available. And then you're adding midfield to Gomez, Davis and Decore. Decore is available. Holgate, Holgate, Holgate isn't available. Gomez isn't available. I mean, not that I'd want either of them players to be yeah, available. But exactly but they're not players that you isn't around. It's a confidence that's thing, it. isn't it? We're going in, we're going in. We haven't won in five or six. It was a six game, you know. We haven't won. It's a, yeah, it's a confidence it, it, thing. It, it, it's poor form, but is it not? Do you, are you not thinking that if ever there's a, a, a chance to snap a run of form, it's a derby? And the players that won it at Anfield last season, a, bit, a, a vast majority of them players are not far off one of your strongest teams, really. No, you're still, so, yeah, going back, going back to your thing there, Teddy. So, Calvert Lewin, um, Hamas Rodriguez, Gomez, Holgate, none, none of them are, are available. Calvert Lewin, outside chance. The others have got no chance. But like Pricey said, that we were going into the game there in, in relatively high spirits. I think we had a team who knew how to defend set plays and were comfortable with the way they were setting up. They certainly had a team at that moment who knew how to keep clean sheets. And we had a team who could get the odd goal as well. And we had obviously a creative spark in there. So... I think that's the biggest difference here is like you look at it and it's like where are our strengths and where can we actually get a leg up on them? And, and yeah, but I, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you look at that midfield, going, you'd much rather have Alan available, wouldn't you? And Decore playing in the midfield rather than Tom Davis and Gomez. So, mm. and then Calvert Lewin didn't start the game at Anfield, he went off, didn't he? Or he came on one or the other. Um, so I'm, I, I look at it and think, you know, on, on paper, is it really that weaker team? You'd argue that you've got your strongest players available, but maybe meaner. 
or Calvert-Lewin. Mina and Calvert-Lewin. They're the only two missing out of starting 11. Other than that, you've got a full side. OK, well, back, back to Steve. We'll come to, our obviously, more of our opinions as we come out of here. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, to be honest. I know you just said, you, you know, a lot of Evertonians will want us to go toe-to-toe. I'm not really that way inclined. I'm not... I'm not they're not good enough, and and that's the harsh reality of it is that they're trying to get to that level, but at that at this moment in time, exactly. they can't go toe to toe with Liverpool. There's only three teams in the league who can p- probably go toe to toe with Liverpool, or two, which is which is yeah. Chelsea and Man City, and they're the only teams that can really go toe to toe with Liverpool, and and that is the golfing quality at the moment. Well, again, you've just alluded to, obviously, the tactical side of it. Where, where do you think, assuming that that's the way things are setting up, which, again, I think it's fair to say it will, it will pan out that way, where's the game lost and won for you? Well, I think when you look at Liverpool's vulnerabilities is when they push the full-backs forward and it's making sure that you you leave players high up the pitch and be brave. I think that's when you, you look at Liverpool versus Brighton a couple of weeks ago, that's what they did. They counter-attacked extremely well. Um West Ham did the same thing as well. I think if you can get past Liverpool's midfield by carrying the ball past them um, and take them out the game, then you, you're you effectively in a 3v3 situation running at them. And that's where it becomes dangerous for Liverpool. But they trust themselves to be able to do that. Uh, every now and again, they'll have a, an off day doing that. But for Liverpool, it's it's the speed in which they move the ball. It's getting players in in 1v1 situations, 2v1 situations, which they're, they're extremely good at. Um, and it's also getting the, the ball into into key players. If you allow Trent Alexander-Arnold quality, time on the ball, he'll produce quality into uh, into the four players. If you leave Salah and Mane in 1v1 situations, they'll absolutely terrorise you. So it's about being organised for Everton, um, but also being clever on the counter-attack. I think Everton, I mean, certainly speaking as a blue, we before I speak again, because it's not about me, um, we spoke a lot about how Everton approached this. Teddy, Gary, what what do you think on think about Stephen Warnock's concern? Uh, I suppose the right word about pushing your fullbacks up too far, too high up the pitch. Yeah, well, I think we, we've seen that, and we've we've highlighted it a number of times on the podcast, haven't we? That that's the area of, of the pitch where teams feel they can get at us, particularly down Trent's side, because he probably goes forward even more. And it's the side that Van Dijk isn't on in the defence. So, you know, we we know that that's an area of vulnerability. And at times, you know, last season, certainly last season, and even at times this season when we haven't had a full complement of midfielders, it can really hurt us because it, it, the other ones who've came in don't seem as adept as like Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho used to be when, when we had that three of covering them full-back areas. I think, you know... This season, we've seen it when we've had the injuries that, you know, it, it just hasn't quite worked in terms of, like, covering them gaps up. But we go into this derby with, you know, our arguably our strongest midfielders available. Um, probably Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson. Um, so I'm a bit more confident that with that midfield, we've got the capability, you know, the, the foundation to, to, to be able to push the full-backs on. Obviously, you know, you're... you're You'd say one of your better players, Richarlison, who'd be looking to try and spring that slap in behind our full-backs. But at the same time, I, I think, you know, as I say, with them midfielders available, them, them gaps should be closed. Um, and, and I'm not as worried as I, as I would have been if we were going into it with a midfield that we had a couple of weeks ago, of like a Cater, Curtis Jones, and Fabinho or something. I just think 
with 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 Henderson being available, with Thiago being available, with Fabinho being available, it's less of a worry for me. That what do you reckon, Gav? Yeah, not really much more to add. I think it's just a side note is when Brighton and uh, West Ham's on it, which is what Warnock sort of alluded to before, um, they're in really good form and they're playing really well and the, 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 that's how they played the majority of the time. Whereas for Everton at the moment, they're so low on confidence, they're, they're hurting in so many ways and we're so high on confidence. I just think things like that will come into in, into that aspect. And when the ball's getting played over the top in behind our full-backs there, that, that confidence is going to be a big key for them to be able to get it down quickly, get at our defenders before anyone tracks them back and, and, and sort of intercepts it. I think for us as well, playing our uh, full-backs so far forward is something that we do on the regular. And I think the confidence is there for us to be able to play our own game regardless of whatever they're going to do and come out with the three points. Okay, well, I think. Well, sorry, go on, sorry, sorry, Pricey. No, go no, on. I was just going to say, I think Liverpool give chances away, even at Southampton at the weekend. Liverpool played well, but Southampton had chances. Liverpool will always give chances away, just the way the way they play. So I think if, the chances there for Everton to score a goal, definitely, if we can take one of the chances. Not like not like a Man City situation where I don't think we're going to get a look, and I think we are, whether we can take them or not. No, it's a fair point, yeah. Okay, we'll allow um, Steven to finish off here, and then we'll we'll come back in with, with our predictions. Need some of our key players back, you know. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I think, is somebody who could, who could hurt Liverpool. Uh, I think Richarlison has struggled up there on his own. You know, you got Takore, who I think is is one of the men who, who could bypass that midfield and has got that ability. But I think from the Liverpool side of things, I think the difference for you um, has been with Fabinho. He was really firing, and he, and you know, he, and he's on it physically and, and tactically. I think yeah. Arsenal tried to catch Liverpool out with that, those inverted wingers, if you like, trying to kind of cheat on the fullbacks. But the fact that Fabinho was sweeping up so well against Arsenal made a massive difference. Yeah, he's he's arguably one of the best in the business at it, isn't he? There's there's very few players who play it as well as him, um, and it allows Robertson or Simicus, whoever plays in that position, and then uh, Trent Alexander Arnold to go forward, knowing that you've got that 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 player behind you, that safety blanket who'll will snuff the danger out. The big thing is, is that if you switch the play very quickly and you leave players out there, it's big ground for him to cover. It's, it's tough, um, but he's more than capable of doing it. And, and I think that's where Liverpool are at the best when he plays. Liverpool are also at the best when Firmino's at his best. So he'll obviously probably miss the game, um, which is a big miss for Liverpool because I think that they're, they're a better team with him in it. Saying that, Jota's on fire as well, which is uh, which shows you the strength of the forward players that Liverpool has got as well. Of course, just just uh, tactics aside, and and again, slight, looking slightly beyond the derby, and and assuming that one team maybe does get the victory, how much can a good result in the derby? You know, what, what does that mean to a team? I think it means more to more to Everton. Um, I think it's just a confidence booster. Um, I think the they enjoy the victories over Liverpool when they when they can get them, which are, have been very few and far between of late. Liverpool have dominated the derbies, and and that's why it'll springboard them, it'll catapult them, and give them that confidence. I think for Liverpool, it's it's another game, and I, I'm not meaning that disrespectfully, but the way that Liverpool's mentality now is is one game at a time. And you, you look at the West Ham game when they got beat; it was like, well, that's a mistake. It happens, and we'll bounce back. And then they go and dominate Arsenal and absolutely batter them. And everyone was saying Arsenal were on the back of a, was it 10 or 12 game unbeaten run? 
and they go into that game and, and everyone's saying this is going to be a tricky tie for Liverpool and it's going to be tough for them to to, to overrun Arsenal and they, it was just far too easy for them. So, from Liverpool's point of view, it's just another game um, after, when it's finished. If they win it, great. Then they can they can celebrate beating Everton, the local rivals. If they don't, they'll brush themselves down and they'll go again. Whereas Everton, it's a little bit different. I think Rafa will be under pressure if he doesn't do something in the derby. That's when he's he's being sort of asked the questions tactically. Mm. How good is he? And there's been a lot of Evertonians talking, whether I'm right or wrong in saying this, but is well, if he wins a derby, he gets a bit more grace. He gets a bit more sort of uh, a bit more love from the Everton fans because he's not on a great run at the moment, and and the pressure will be sort of. I wouldn't say there's pressure on Rafa at the moment. He's not on in like sacking territory. But there's only so much the crowd will take of it. He needs some vindication, doesn't he, for what he's actually doing at the moment in terms of like, okay, look, I can. I like yours. You're saying, and if he, if he produces something in the derby, it will have to be to a certain extent a bit of a tactical masterstroke. And yeah. I think if he pulls something off, it will vindicate to the fans. Hold on, it actually, he, he might be onto something, and it might be something that we can get behind. Yeah, I think the other thing I'd say with with Rafa is is, is judging when he's got a strongest eleven. And, mm. and see what he can do then, and then maybe in January when he's got a little bit more money, perhaps he can he can bring a couple of players in wheel and deal a little bit. Then that that's fine. If if Everton had Calvert Lewin fit, Decore fit, Richarlison, Damari Gray, and you look at all those players and you go, well, they're a danger. They're a danger going forward. But it's it's have they got all them? Are they all going to be playing? Can he field his strongest team? And he and he probably can't. Um, no. So that's the, that's the difficulty. But fans are fickle. They'll only judge you on what's on the field at that moment in time. Absolutely. OK, so for you then, Stephen, I'm not sure if you're working where you'll be watching the game. Um, I'm not actually that sure at the moment. Um, I'll probably be working. So hopefully working, covering it. Uh, you best not be a Goodison. doesn't work. Goodison's exemplary. I've gone into the broadcasting world. I think it's like, I think in my, seven, my last seven games, Everton have lost six and drawn one. Yeah, so um, I think I'll, uh, I'll I'll be ringing a few companies seeing if they want me to work that one. I'm going to see if I can lock you in your house. Um, <laughs> listen, thanks a lot for your time, Stephen. Really appreciate it. And um, may the best team win. I'm sure they will. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah, I'll definitely be... Um, be on the hunt for him if I see him anywhere near Goodison, looking to take him out. Um, now, again, like Joe, thank, thank, you, thank you very much to Stephen Warner for, for sharing the time. Again, very good friend of the show. Um, hope he's not, obviously not the happier of, of the two guests on, on Wednesday night. Um, not much, I suppose, towards the end that we hadn't already covered in, in the Joe, Joe Parkinson section. Um, maybe, obviously, you know, Adding to your comments, Seri, of you know most of our players maybe being available on Wednesday, and it'll be interesting to see. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because we've obviously will be able to field a close to full strength side, and that almost makes the pressure even worse on on Benitez to a certain extent because it's like you can't use as many of them injuries, um, you know, to support support it. Do you think that adds to it a little bit, everyone? Yeah, I, I, I think it does. You know, he, it, it, he's in a, he's in a difficult situation. You know what I mean? Because even, even probably with your full strength side, you, you know, we're, you'd say we're the better team, but at the same time, 
you know, it's it. I think you'd get a bit more grace from your fans if if, if you've got a team that's hollowed out by injury. You know, when you get beat by a Liverpool team who's looking really good at the moment, it's here, but you'd sort of get over it. But if you've got almost a full strength team, and then you set the team up to be really, really negative and sit back, and then you still get beat, I think it's a lot more difficult for for your fans to swallow that one. You know, in in terms of why did we not compete with what should be one of our better sides? You know, on on paper, practically a full strength side. So. I think it's, it is. A, it's a tough scenario. It's a tough situation for Benitez to be in. Okay, so we've had a we've had a bit of analysis from from both sides of the park, ex pros. Um, we we've added our little bit. Let, let's get down to, to the crunch then. Predictions. I'll go over to the Reds first. Do you want to go first, um, guys? I'm, I'm I'm torn between head and head or heart or a mixture of both. Um, you go, you go, you go too outlandish, and then you're in, and you're on the wrong end of the result. You look ridiculous next week. But I'll stick my neck on the line. I'm going to go. We're going to absolutely snot you this time. I'm going to go four nil. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it is one of them. Like as God said, where you're putting your head, your head on the chopping block. But I think this Liverpool team is playing good football again now. You know, we're scoring goals. I think we scored two away for 17 consecutive games or something now, which is like a record, a joint record. Um, so, you know, this Liverpool team's in good confidence and, and, and a good reign of form. And I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, I think I think it could be a, a good win for us, 3-0. Ricey? Well, I just want to say that Stephen Warwick said it's just another game for Liverpool, not a chance, it's just another game for Liverpool. Look at Gary's face, is it? As, as, as if it's just another game for Liverpool. Uh, I'm going to back us, I'm going to say 2 on Everton, because why not? I think we've got, we've got to get behind them, we've got to show a bit of confidence in them. Got you know, we've had we've had, a, we've had a bad run. It's got to come to, to an end somehow. And why not under the lights of Goodison when everyone's up for it? I'm going to go Everton 2 1. Superb, love it, Pricey. Um, uh, you know what? It, 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 it's like the Everton do this to you, anyways. Only the closer it gets to the game, you kind of suck it in. It's like, and, and the more I hear people talk about it and, and the way that the game might pan out and the things that could work in our favour. I don't know. I just think it could be one of them nights to me. And, and this is an obvious thing to say. And I know Millsy mentioned it last week, last night, sorry. And just a, a mention to last night's podcast, part one. You've got Kevin Campbell and Jamie Carragher on there. Please go and check that one out as well. Really passionate, as you can imagine, from Carragher and Campbell. But the more I think about it, if we can get past 20 minutes, 25 minutes with the score at nil-nil, or you know, at least with Liverpool not scoring, I think the game changes. It's a bit like a boxing match where you've got where. You know, there's a favourite coming into it who's expected to dominate the fight, but then maybe it doesn't go the way that that person's expecting it to. You know, we've seen one of them at the, at the weekends with uh, Tiafimo Lopez, um, where once the game go or the fight goes beyond a certain point, the whole psychology, everything changes. I think. Talk to Liam, will you? Give us your pre- your, your prediction. He's going to say he's going to say one nil Liverpool now. Probably. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go with one nil Everton. Um, I honestly, I honestly think if we get past half time, and obviously that that score predictions out the window. If if we get fifteen minutes in, you just go one nil up. But I'm gonna go one one nil Everton. I, th- I think that I'm not having you honestly believe this Everton team yeah. keeping this. I've got, team no doubt, I've got no <laughs> doubt about the way that Benitez is gonna set that team up, and he's gonna park the bus. He's gonna sit everyone back, but I think he's gonna have enough on the counter attack to nick a goal. I think Price is right. I think you do give chances away. We'll absolutely have to rise our luck, and I think it'll be one of the jammiest one nils you'll ever see. But I think it could be one of them nights. Even more than a Rigi's off the crossbar last minute, Eddie. 
<laughs> no, not quite to that. I don't know. Not quite to that extent. Um, but yeah, that, that that's about it from, from us. Our two shows this week. Um, massive thanks again to our, our sponsors, Camber Kings UK, their clothing, and of course our, our newest partner, Betmate. And as I've said a few times, um, I've put it up on the screen. Download Betmate through the App Store, but more importantly, click that subscribe button. Um, we've done our best to bring you the very best content this week. You know, you can't get much better than Kevin Campbell, Jamie Carragher, Joe Parkinson, Stephen Warnock in no particular order. We've also got a special coming out just after this, which is Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. Just him having a chat with Teddy, proper scouse, scouse as you can get, talking about the derby. That's a bit more of a red one because we had um, we, we had a blue one out for you last week. So anyway, without further ado... Enjoy the rest of your week. If you're on the blue side, hopefully you're happy on, on Wednesday. If you're on the red side, I feel sorry for you because you're going to be on the wrong end of a blue one on Wednesday. Take care, everyone. Catch us all next week.